want to know something? Uh, I got a praise report. Okay. My son recently started playing the drums. What? I know. Yeah. We got an electric drum kit in the basement now, and, you know, it's a lot of things that make a father proud, but that's when you be... find out your son's a drummer. Yeah, that's right. He's <laughs> becoming a man of the cloth. <laughs> yes, it's just, you know. Wow. Uh, would you say that brought you a lot of joy? It did. It certainly brought me joy, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and do you think that that will allow you to be content? It will, because, yeah. because you know, here's the thing about drummers in particular, Um they're really the backbone of the band, and they yeah. often don't get a lot of credit because even simple drummers, when just like the bass player, the the lowly bass player, when they hold the band together. It's the singers and the lead guitars, mm -hmm. you know. But it's that guy just keeping the beat back there, you know. It's the yeah. selfless act that brings them joy, staying, you know. Staying in the pocket. Staying in the pocket, really. right? <laughs> Actually, that does that song have bass in it? It does have bass, in it. I'm pretty sure I recorded a bass line in there. Probably, I'm, yeah, you know, but I mean, that's but no one ever talks about it, ever talks about the bass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, okay. Well, uh, again, thank you everybody for living through our drum jokes. Um, and thanks for tuning in, regardless. I think in 2025 we might retire it, but I think we might bring it back in 2026, so just stay tuned. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not committing to one thing or another. I'm gonna yeah. go where the spirit leads, and it's usually with the drums. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I think that when you and I finally stop wearing headphones, mm -hmm. that's when the jokes will go away. Oh yeah, when we find a new recording spot or don't have to wear headphones, yeah, because you have to edit them in and post. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. But they'll still be in my heart. Yeah. I'm right here. And I'll be content with that. Well, we remember where we came from. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Right. <sighs> Um, okay, so our last episode we talked about joy, mm -hmm. right? And so we're going to pivot to something that kind of came up in some of the definitions. Yes. Uh, but also is like such an important aspect of Christian living, and that's contentment, mm -hmm. right? Um, so again, we're going to jump into some definitions real quick. Yeah. And like, again, I'm going back to Oxford, and Oxford uh, defines contentment as a state of happiness and satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of interesting. We we talked a lot about happiness in the last episode. Mm -hmm. We kind of like happiness really isn't a state of being. It's really more of a right. It's a response. It's more of a response. Yeah. Thing. So contentment really, I think happiness is the wrong, the wrong word. Sorry, Oxford, you got this one wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know who you yeah. think you are, Oxford. <laughs> no. <laughs> you inventing the English language and telling us what things mean. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. But but I feel like I'll even say I'm I in that definition I agree with you a hundred percent because you can like I said I see I actually see contentment like if we want to go back to what I said you know last episode I look at those kind of like levels and I see contentment not being happiness so you can't say happiness is contentment because I see contentment is a different kind of state of being quote unquote right you know and so but I think it's really interesting because they tied happiness and satisfaction together. So now they're saying you happiness and satisfaction go together. Yeah. Meaning like like satisfaction should be happy, but that's not what satisfied even means. Well, yeah. You know well, what I mean? Well, think about satisfied. <laughs> like when I think of satisfied, I get the picture of somebody who just ate a good meal. Yeah. And it's like a quiet, reflective lean back. <laughs> like, satisfied. Yeah, you know, like, and yeah, you, I think you can find happiness. Sure, like you can experience a, a, a you know, a, 
a type of happiness in there. But I think I think oftentimes when I think of contentment, I think of it as the um, contentment as like the muted version of happiness, mm-hmm. uh, of the expression of happiness. Right. During times in which maybe you shouldn't be happy. And we talked a lot about how joy is somewhat, it's kind of in that as well. Mm -hmm. Like joy surpasses your circumstances. Right. In the same sense, contentment surpasses your circumstances. I agree. Yes. Right. Um, So um, why don't we, why don't we look at some of the Greek? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Because they're better at English than Oxford. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The Greeks knew what they were talking about. Yeah. They knew what they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's go to like uh, if we look at contentment, mm. Philippians four, mm. um, eleven is where we see is, is a really good one where we see uh, not not that I speak from need for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. Okay, so if we take that and we say okay, what's the Greek for content mm-hmm. here? And it's a word. Uh, the Greek word is autarkos, mm-hmm. and it means sufficient for oneself. Strong enough, or possessing enough to need no aid or support, mm. right? So happiness isn't even included in here, right? Right, and so like, in fact, it's not even a feeling, right? It's about sufficiency, right? Like, so having enough ability or strength, or having enough possession to be without need, right? Right. So I think that this is a much better place for Christians to look at contentment. Sure. Is like contentment is about being quote unquote happy mm-hmm. with what it is that you have, right? As opposed to being pursuing the things that you don't. It's the whole idea of you know um, wants and needs, right? You know what I mean? Like God's f- focused on your needs, not your wants necessarily. You know, and that's contentment comes from focusing on your needs, not your wants. Right. In that in that kind of mindset. Yeah. Right. So and we're gonna get to these scriptures in depth in a minute, but first Timothy six six says, But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Mm-hmm. So when we look at contentment, it's a it's a root the root of the same Greek word, but right. this one is autarchaea. Mm-hmm. And it's it means a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed, mm-hmm. sufficiency of necessities of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the, there are the things that are nece- what you have is sufficient mm-hmm. to give you the necessities. Yeah, and I, I I like to I always like to use like the word sincere, like uh, like your you a sincere sense of satisfaction or sufficiency, like. <sighs> You there? It's a it's a. I, I'm trying to explain this in a way that doesn't bring in feeling, but I kind of it is kind of in this way. I guess I'm trying to explain it as a feeling, but like there, it's like an it's an equal it's an equal plane. It's like a perfect balance of of no. That might not mean it is perfectly, but you feel the perfectly balanced. Like I, and here's a good example of like I look in the Bible, um, or I'll just use my own example, like. Um, well, I'll use anybody's example. Could I use more money? Sure, I could use more money. Um, but I, you know, Biggie said it best: "More money, more problems." You know, and I've literally told our our church here that one time when it came to a raise, I was like, "I am content where we we are. We don't need more money. We'll only bring more problems." And so, so like, I, I, I don't say that to like toot my horn or or to say, you know, 
it's a feeling, but I say like there is a certain sense of contentment that is Landry's preschool teacher used to say, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. Yeah. That's what she used to say. And it was really funny because that's like to teach the kids like because they would be like, oh, I wanted a red one. And they got a, you know, a blue marker. And like it's funny because I think like we as Christians kind of internalize that. Like you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. In fact, you do the opposite. You get what you get and then you thank God for it. You praise God for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah. 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 It's like someone gave you a meal and you're going to complain about bakers can't be choosers. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 I think there's something uh, there's something to be said about that. Right, um, but there's a, there's like a sense, and I'm trying to get at it. Like there there's like a, like I say balance, but it's not. I don't know what it is. It's like a, I mean, <laughs> it's like a content. There's this just this sense of like you. So you take that meal, right? Like that meal metaphor of like you've had a great meal and you lean back and ah, take the meal out of it. Contentment is just the, in spite of any meal. Or no meal whatsoever, you know. It's Paul, and here I've valleys in the in the peaks and the valleys. Like I've learned, like yeah, it's good, you know. Yeah, and this again, this is again, this is an exercise that's difficult because contentment, like happiness and joy, is a word that you use to define other words. It's hard to right define it. Right. Um, one of the things we know contentment is not is achieved perfection. Yes. Right. Um, so, like, contentment is not found in perfection. In fact, that's the whole reason you need contentment is that you won't <laughs> achieve. Right. You're never going to achieve it. Right. Right. Um, it's also not apathy. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a, a sense of I'm not right. going to care about this um, because I, I'll never achieve it. So it's not, it's not a sense of, of being indifferent. It's a, it's a sense of thankfulness in spite of your situation or right. circumstances. Like, right. you're thankful in spite of everything. Yeah, you, you know, you are thankful, but I think too, though, uh, like when we go back to these Greek definitions, mm-hmm. it's n- it's not a, really even about. It's almost like a perception issue. It is a hundred percent. It's like contentment is understanding that what you have will accomplish the work. A hundred percent. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's a I think that's a better place for us to go with that than with some of the feeling words. About oh, but it's being happiness when you don't have a reason to be happy. It's a, mm-hmm. it's it's not even about those things. No, I'm right. You know, Paul when he talks about being content in whatever circumstance he's in, mm-hmm. he, it's that he knows that he will always have everything that God intends for him. Exactly right, right. Um, and so, and the reason why that matters isn't about him having. Right. It's about him being capable of doing. A hundred percent. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So for Paul, the goal here is to do the work of Christ. Right. I am content because in my circumstance, mm-hmm. I can do the work of Christ. Right. I can't remember if it was Philippians. Uh, it was one of these where he's writing this from jail. From jail. Uh-huh. He's in prison. It's Philippians, yeah. And he mentions that he's in the house of Caesar. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how, like... It's his imprisonment, mm-hmm. which is a bad situation, that has equipped him That's sure. to preach to the house of Caesar. Uh-huh. Right. Right? So he is he is influencing with the gospel right. the people who rule the land. It's you know, I in my own personal life, and I think, you know, we all do this, like because we all want a better job, we all want better houses, you know, those are all things. And in as a pastor, I remember when I first entered into ministry, I used to always pray like, all right, God, like more. I want more. Give me more. Like I need – give me more volunteers. Give me more people. Give me more influence. Give me more, 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 more. All this – I was always more talk, right? Like um, 
more. It's just, just the, the overall, yeah. that was my prayer. But it's funny, like, I really felt the Spirit convict me one day in this prayer, because here's, here's my thought. Like, if, if, I, if I had more volunteers, uh, if we had more people, we could, so more volunteers meant more work could be done. More people meant more people hearing the gospel. Uh, more influence meant the ability to effectively share the gospel in other areas. You know, and so I was looking at this thinking like, oh, if I had more, I could achieve what God has called me to do as a pastor and to preach the gospel. But then I heard God say, Brandon, stop praying for the church you want and pray for the church you need. Like yeah. more is not always the solution. Be content with, in fact, from a stewardship perspective, it says, take care of what you got and then God will give, you know. And so, so, but, but, you know, I think it's it's funny you say that because I think we often equate whether it be joy or happiness or satisfaction with this sense of more. Yeah. And contentment isn't about more or less. It's about the moment. Where you're at is where you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, an example for me in my life is this podcast. Sure. Right? Sure. So I, I think about what we're doing here. I think about, oh, you know, like at the time of recording, we have like 66. Sure. Uh, well, uh, I'm gonna go get. A, I'm gonna get yeah. a ghost account to make that old yeah. 67. No, <laughs> yeah, not today, uh, Satan. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> uh, and that's just on YouTube. There's right. some some subscribers on like Spotify and and, and Apple. Sure. And like I think I find sometimes when I talk about this podcast with other people, sometimes a lot of times the the conversation from others will mm -hmm. be to turn it towards growing your audience. Sure, a hundred percent. Right, right. Like. From a business standpoint, absolutely. But right. I didn't do this as a business. Right. 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 We didn't, we didn't start this to start a business. <laughs> Clearly, look around us. <laughs> um, like, there is a level, for me, there is a level of contentment because I'm more concerned with the content. Right. Than I am. Right. With the, with the, um, with, with creating a mass following. That's, right. That's not the goal here. Right. Right. The goal here is to preach the gospel mm -hmm. and let God do with that what right. he needs to do with that. Right. Uh, again, I think another another example of this that I experienced in my life mm -hmm. was I found, like, I experienced a moment of contentment. Mm -hmm. I uh, ran a, um, my senior year of high school, I ran a campus ministry, mm -hmm. and we would have like an after-school meeting, and we would go through sure. some different stuff. And uh, um, like at the end of it, like we our 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 participation would go anywhere from five people a week mm -hmm. to to up to uh, um, thirty people, maybe. Sure, sure, sure. At, at max, that's a flux, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it would it would it would fluctuate based on what everybody had going on. Sure, right? sure. Um, at the end of it, like when we're done. You know, there was one person who said, I rededicated my life to Christ right. coming to this meeting. Right. And, like, there had been some issues with setting this thing up. Like, sure. there were some other kids in the school that thought they should be running this sure. thing. And, sure. like, and if you knew me and you knew the guy. Your peers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you knew, if, yeah, if you knew the guy that I was uh, putting this together with, his name was Scott. Mm -hmm. um, he, neither he or I were doing it to be quote unquote leaders. Sure, sure, sure. We weren't. We didn't want to do that. We just felt like there's nothing here, and we need to have something here. Right, right, right. And there was a, there was another young man who wanted to be a part of it, and he had some materials, and we we had right. him, we're like, yeah, we're, we're going to do this together. Sure. And he brought his youth pastor in for the first meeting, and very quickly we realized he wants to be 
the leader. The leader. Sure, sure, sure. And I was like, look, first of all, we're seniors, you're a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait your turn. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. You can I have like, this in a, well, yeah. we're going to be gone in a year. Yeah. Like, but we've given you a seat at the table. Right. Right. But you wanted this to be your show. Right. He wasn't content in doing God's work. Right. He wanted it to be about him. Him. Exactly. Right. right. Now, yeah. I pray that he has grown out of that and mm-hmm. that he's learned something from that experience. Right. But it was very challenging at the time and almost divisive for right. some of the stuff we were doing. Right. And so when it came to an end and somebody says this, you know, I gave my life, I redid my life sure. to the Lord through this. Well, then this was all worth it. Right. This, right. This was all worth it. Right. You know, like I've spent nine months of my life battling mm. this and trying to make this work. Right. Trying to do this. One person, this is worth it. Yeah, sure. Of course. You know That's... what I'm saying? So like, and I and I feel the same way with, with this particular podcast is I am content right. in doing what God has called me to do. I'm only here to make millions, just right. letting you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll write on those coattails. But, you know, but... My hope and my prayer is that God will glorify himself even in this meager attempt. Well, and I think that you strike at the root of contentment, right? So contentment can sometimes be activity. God is calling you to action. Yeah. Sometimes contentment can mean God is not calling you to act. God is calling you to to sit and, and, and observe or to sit silent, you know, and so like like you said, like contentment, it, I keep using this idea of balance because I, I, I find balance is like the best way in my mind to picture yeah. cont- contentment is, is neither here nor here. It's right, in, but it's exactly where God wants you to be, right? And so, right, it's it, it is. Yeah. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just right, right. you know. And so, so I, I, I think, but like, and I'm 100 percent with you. Like our, our whole setting out to even, you know, when you approached me with this podcast, and the reason why I even agreed to it was because, like. We're not, and people do this with me as a pastor. I'm like, what is your brand? Like, who are you? And I get what they're asking. I get it. But like, that's, my brand is Jesus. And God called me here to this church. And, you know, in my own personal prayer life, like I said, I heard God say, stop praying for the church you want, pray for the church you need. And God told me, I've given you everything you need. You don't need anything else. Like you're you're in the, you're, you're where, and now God may call you in your life and say, you need to move here. Okay. Yeah. But be content with that. Because chances are when God calls you to move, you don't want to move. <laughs> you, know, well, so. you know what though? This is going to get off topic sure. a little bit. And so we're, I'll try to make this really brief, but this is the problem. Um, and this is why we need to be careful, is we, um, as a people, especially in, a, in the United States, mm-hmm. put more emphasis on a brand or a style or a version right? as opposed to the truth and the gospel. A hundred percent, right. And we see this, I think, illustrated mostly in worship. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So, yeah. like, you've got some, like, You've got some big name worship groups out there mm-hmm. that are maybe a little theologically off, right? But they are the style, they are the excitement level, they are the thing, and they say just the right things at the right, right. times, right? And so, like, there's a like you get drawn into that, right? And then later you find out that they've deconstructed, and you know they and like what they were saying isn't what you thought they were saying. But I digress, right? You know. We have to get away from that. We right. can't be we can't be drawn by personalities mm-hmm. and brands. We have to be drawn to the truth. Right. Which is why it starts with you at home. Right. It being in your word and being in God's word. Excuse right. me. Being in God's word. I say your word is in your Bible that yeah. you own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, being in God's <laughs> word and and hearing him right. and developing a relationship with him. And then you find a community right. yep. of believers mm-hmm. that you can live that out with. Right. You know, and like right. and then even then you, you gotta be careful because like some people make that their brand. Well, uh, you know? well, hundred percent well and that's where that's where contentment contentment is and this is it's like countercultural. Contentment's not about you whatsoever. 
Right. right? It's not about it's not about what you want. It's about what God wants and learning to live in in yeah. that. You know? And so like you just said, like it's not about how big your church is or how small your church is, how big how following how, how big your following is, how how what your title is at work. Like it's not about any of that. It's about it's about finding where God wants you to be. Yeah. And being, you know, I I lo- I love Paul because Paul was a student of Gamaliel, you know, so he's one of the most um, predominant Pharisaic leaders. I mean, he sits on the Sanhedrin, um, and he was a student of him. So Paul was well-known. Paul was also well-known in the aspect of he, can, he persecuted Christians, yeah. but he also was the messenger for the Sanhedrin. So this guy, what I'm saying is this guy probably was well-off. He's well-edged. I mean, he knows Greek and he knows Hebrew, you know, yeah. so he was probably a pretty well-off guy. He probably had to come from a pretty good, he comes from Tarsus, which is a trade, you know, so so you can you can kind of infer through a lot of the context that we have of Paul that, that Paul was not like Peter. Right. Peter was a fisherman, you know, and, and, and he, you know, by all, he was a tradesman, uneducated, you know, he was just happy, you know, but, but God used both of them. But, but I say that to say Paul was really cool because Paul had the inverse. Paul yeah. learned to be content being a tent maker. He went from being the, the messenger of the Sanhedrin and cru- like literally kill this Christian to, hey, would you like to buy a tent? But just to make ends meet, and Paul was content with that. It's kind of you know? it's kind of interesting because Peter kind of has that opposite journey, right? Where he goes from being, um, you know, the layperson who who does um, the you know labor with his hands, right, to being the person, and like he probably still did that to sure. twenty, but he now suddenly was like. The apostle. Once Jesus was gone, everybody yeah. was like, "Well, Peter, what do we do?" It and was he's... the rock on which they built the church. <laughs> right, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. So it it is really. Okay. He goes from casting his net out on one side to standing up on the day of Pentecost and explaining the Holy Spirit. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's read some of these. Sure. Uh, Philippians four eleven through thirteen. I've already read the first line, but not that I speak from need. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. Mm. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, mm-hmm. both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Right. Right. So uh, contextually, Paul's writing this from prison, and right. the Philippians had sent him aid, and he's mm-hmm. expressing gratitude and commends them for doing it. Right. right? But he also wants them to know, like, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> what you did was commendable, right? But know this: persecution's coming. The reason he's making this, he's bringing this up with them, is they're going to be experiencing this persecution soon, right? Right. Um, it's like so. You need to know that if no one comes to your aid, you have you have all everything you need. Uh-huh. You need in Christ. Uh-huh. And this is where we get that famous verse: "I can do all things through Him who strengthens me." Right. And this is like what athletes will say, like who because they set out to be the home run king or whatever it is, you know, or score more goals than Wayne Gretzky, and and like God is, oh, I can do all things through Him and strengthens me because God is my strength. That's not what Paul's talking about. And they were blessed with a like a seven two figure. They're yeah four ninety, and it's all muscle. They're yeah. like, yeah, I can do all. You're like, well, those muscles also help you too. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but he, being a center in the NBA, it's just like that basketball player. He's like, no one believed in me, and you, yeah. there's some comic that was like, really, no one believed in you. You're you're six foot nine <laughs> as an eighth grader, and no one believed you could go. Yeah, right. it was Nate Bargatze has that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's uh, yeah, no, but that's but but back to back to that point. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Literally, he's talking about the gospel. 
Yes. It's it's talking about our calling. Yes. It has nothing to do with you know victory in in sports or even in work. He's he's saying you have every God gives you everything you need. Yeah. yeah. With with or without food, I can accomplish the purpose of God. Right. 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 Um, so it's just something to keep in mind. Um, okay. So, so what's your excuse? No. <laughs> yeah. So First Timothy First Timothy six six through twelve. Uh, and we're going to start seeing some of the enemies of, of contentment, mm-hmm. contentment here. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Mm-hmm. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. Mm-hmm. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. Mm-hmm. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, mm. and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Mm. Fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, interesting here, you know, we bring nothing with us, so it, none of it goes with us when we leave, you know. Right. Um, this is the whole store treasure in heaven because you're not bringing any of this with right. you. Right, and I like how he starts it by saying, but godliness is actually is is actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Yeah. What he, I think that's interesting, too, because I think a lot of people, like, m- might make that mistake of like I'm going to become a Christian because I want God's blessing. You know, it's like almost like the anti-prosperity gospel. Uh-huh. Like, like he's like, yeah, God needs to get, like being like serving God is good if you're content. Yeah, you know, but if you're not content, serving God's not going to be good because because you're always going to want prosperity, you know, or whatever yeah. that may be. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think we I think we talked about this concept a lot in the forgiveness episode. We mm-hmm. talked about getting the cart before the horse. Right. It's like if your motivation for Christianity is to gain prosperity. Right, right. Then you A probably didn't know what prosperity was to begin with. <laughs> right. Right? Like if it's if it's a gain in the natural, then you don't have true prosperity. Yes. Right. Now this is not to say that God can't bless you with financial things. Mm-hmm. But no, hundred percent. But when he's doing so, mm-hmm. he's he's doing so for his purposes, not for your right. It's for the kingdom. Yeah, not for your pleasure. Right, right, right. Um, you know, I, I I think I've told you this story before. When I was in Bible college, we had a guy come in and speak, and he was a he was a bit of you would have considered him a prosperity preacher. Sure, sure, sure. Right, um, but he never actually preached that God is like uh, God's goal is to give you all of your heart's desires. Sure, right? sure, sure. Um, but he was very wealthy, and sure. Like, um, and like he he rented his own car. He rent, upgraded the rental car, sure, sure. And stuff. Uh, and there was a few people that were really turned off by this, right? Sure. So, so I get it. I understand that. But he told the story. He was a successful businessman, and he didn't mm-hmm. believe in God. Mm-hmm. And he was he contracted an illness and was on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Okay, God, if you're real, mm-hmm. heal me. Mm-hmm. And if you do it, I will give you everything I own." Right. Okay. And what happened? He got healed. <laughs> yeah. He got healed. And you know what he did? He did what he said he would. Mm-hmm. He gave away all of his wealth. Wow. And it got restored to him. Sure, of course, sure. Right? Since then, mm-hmm. he says, on it was like two or three additional occasions, mm-hmm. I have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it always comes back to me. Right. He says, because it's not the wealth that I pursue. Right. 
It's God's purpose that I pursue. Right. And God did great things with the wealth that he gave away. Right. But then, like, he he said, now some people will get mad at me because I drive a nice car. Sure. It's like, I'm in the streets of Detroit. (laughs) Right. You know, he's like, (laughs) it's like kids are going to see what I'm driving and say, do I want to be the pastor Mm -hmm. or do I want to be the drug dealer? Right, right. Because the drug dealer appears to have more. Right. He's like, but when when these kids come to me and say, how do you have such nice things? Mm -hmm. I can show them that it only came through giving everything away to God. Right. He's the rich young ruler who actually followed through on right. Jesus's command. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Imagine how wealthy the rich young ruler could have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He could have been the next Solomon, man, yeah. for all we know. Yeah. So it's like, look, there are some clear issues with sure. how prosperity can be and is sometimes taught sure. in the church, right? And uh, But there are other clear examples of God blessing people with prosperity because the focus is on what God is going to do, not on what I want or well, what I feel I deserve. And th- let me put that into a little perspective, because I think that was one of my problems as I was praying early on in my ministry about, you know, Lord, give me this church, you know, blah, 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 I need more, more, more. And, and one of the things that I really have learned is like, you don't, you may think you want the wealth, you may right. think you want the bigger church, you may want that, but, but you really don't like I, I you know I like I it's funny I, I look at some of my what I would the world would consider more successful pastor friends who who have churches that you know are a couple thousand and and um, they make more money than I do you know think uh, by worldly standards they are better more successful than I am but by God's standards we're the same and it's funny because I look at their churches and the things they have to go through I'm like my gosh I would hate that I would obviously hate that. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I wouldn't be willing to do, but 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 I am saying like it's funny because a lot of times we pray for things and God's like just be content with what you have because it's actually better for you. Yeah. You, you know you're 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 gonna you're gonna thrive in this environment. You won't thrive in this environment. And I, and so I think like learning contentment, like because we, we often look at other people and say, man, I why God why why are you giving them all that money? Right? Can't I get a little bit of that money? I'm struggling to make ends meet. God says. But I've got a different plan for you, and it's not right. a bad plan. You're going to make just as much of an impact on the kingdom of God as He is by the by where you know. And I think that's what, like I said, contentment is finding that balance of not saying I want what they have or this person has or or whatever. Or God, take this from me. But it's saying, all right, God, how do I maximize what I have for you? Yeah, but we we sometimes fall into that worldly trap, of, right? That people have of like, well, why can't I have both? Why why can't God do what He wants and still give me what I want? Right. You know, and it's like. Because then you won't be who you're supposed to be. Because then you'll exactly then you'll lose sight yeah. of exactly where, and, and you won't appreciate what he's doing for you, right? Mm-hmm. Now I want to point something out too here. So in that verse in First Timothy, um, this is where we get that you know the love of money is a root of all, all evil. evil, right? Right. Um, I think a lot of times when we hear that verse and we talk about greed and we talk mm-hmm. about the desire for money, right? We get the impression of like a Scrooge McDuck or a Mister Burns who's right. there, <laughs> right, right, right. putting his fingers, counting his money, right. and right. screwing everybody over right. to gain. He doesn't care because all he cares about, about is his money. money. Right. Right. We need to have a broader understanding of what that means mm-hmm. because that's not what it's talking about. Correct. Um, if you think money is your source, mm-hmm. if you think money is your provision, mm-hmm. if you think that you only have through wealth, mm-hmm. then what you're valuing mm-hmm. is money. Right. And we love what we value. A hundred percent. Right. Can't so, serve two masters. Right, exactly. So you are, in a sense, but 
but again, because the world doesn't understand what love is, they think right. it's a feeling. Right. Why well, don't have romantic feelings for this dollar bill? Right, right, right. right. You know, that would be weird. Right, uh, but you pursue it. But you pursue it like you would pursue a lover. Right, right? exactly right, yeah. So, like, because you were looking for fulfillment mm-hmm. and wealth, and and not even, some people, I'm not even looking for, for to be wealthy, I'm just looking to have enough. Right, yeah. Right. But... But the Bible tells you you have enough. Yeah, and yeah. nothing is ever enough when you live that way. Right. Right. You know. Right. We hear stories about like people who make way more money than we do, who are mm-hmm. losing their houses, and it's like, how do they lose? How are they doing that? They make so much money. It's like mm-hmm. because they do the same thing we do with little, as they live beyond what they they have. have. Right. And hope for always getting more. Right. Right. Well, that's you know that's one of the funny things about old old good old Dave Ramsey. You know that he's a Christian financial advisor. You know you listen to his show. It's really funny because the thing he really always preaches isn't about money is bad, money is good, money. You know, like be rich, be poor. He doesn't. What he says is like live where you live within the, your means. Like live where you're where God has given you. You know. Yeah. And it's the number one thing he does is he always asks people like they always come on. They're like, hi, my name's Joe. I'm from Minnesota and. I've got uh, $52 million in student loan debt, and uh, I've got a $30,000 car loan. And like sometimes he'll be like, you're never going to pay that back. The, you, I, he's like, he's like, the only way you're gonna do that is live on beans and on the streets, like you yeah. know. And and and, but one of the, it's it's funny because he comes up obviously with ways that they can. You're gonna have to get a side hustle, but but he always brings it back and he says like it's because you're pursuing something. That you didn't need. That you didn't need. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you didn't need, you didn't need that. Why did you buy a, this, this one lady, it was kind of, I was like, dang, this one lady, they bought like a half a million dollar home and it's just her and her husband. And he's like, why did you buy a half a million dollar home? And she's like, well, you know, he's like, how many bedrooms does it have? Like he got real personal with it. And like, he's on the air with this woman and you're hearing it. And he's like, you, you wanted that. Man, that's tough because I want a lot of bedrooms in my <laughs> because I want to put I want to have like a room that's dedicated to one thing and a room that's dedicated obviously to thing. obviously but even saying that out loud like that would be great right but like do you see how selfish that is well exactly that, right like how it's about fulfilling my when do you wants? see do you see how it never ends right right because then it's never because your contentment's never there because you're right. you're putting your contentment in in a, a barrage right that's what yeah. it is and but contentment comes from Jesus saying okay I'm where I'm at because Jesus wants me here now what do I need to do you know yeah, yeah. Uh, let's jump to Hebrews 13 verses 5 through 6 make sure that your character is free from the love of money being content with what you have for he himself has said I will never desert you nor will I ever abandon you so that we confidently say the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid what will man do to me? Right. So again, we, we can't think of money as our provision. We can't think things like, I need X salary to live the life that I want. Uh, when we are th- without things, we often think we are without comfort. Right. Uh, but Jesus promised that he would never leave or forsake us. So all of the comfort that we need is in right. him. Right. And, that, right. and again, this is getting back to what, what Paul is saying, is that with or without... You have Christ strengthens me. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have the strength. Of well, and I think I love what you said there. Like that's the mistake a lot of us. And I've I've I have sat with so many good, successful Christian people, um, who who even even like coaching people, um, financial advisor people. And the number one question, like they always are, like Brandon, you need to know like what like this is what they te- this is not just Christian people. This is what the world teaches. Like what is the life you want? Mm-hmm. That's the life. This is the life I want. So now this is how much money you have to make to make that life. The Christian never asks, what is the life I want? The Christian only asks, what is the life that God wants? 
for yeah. me. And yeah. and that doesn't mean it's a life of being poor and destitute, but but that that may not be the mansion or the big church or the the corner office. You know, yeah. And being content with that. You know, like I said, like it, it, there's so many things that I look at in, in my life that God has spared me from problems because I was chasing something worldly because I thought, oh man, if I could just, you know, but that's the, that's the, we all, we all have that, oh, if I could be the athlete, that's why our kids, our kids want to be those, like, like they, yeah. they want to be the drug dealer because that looks successful. Yeah. And they say, wow, like if I could be that athlete, if I could be that musician, if I could, I did that, I wanted to be the rock star, right? Like. Right. But it's funny because when you really become, when you truly dedicate your life to the Lord, and this is where it really changed for me, suddenly all of that stuff stops mattering. Yeah. Like whether I have a big house or not doesn't matter. Like it's all about what God, what God wants. You know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, there's a there was a little bit of comedy I saw. Where a comedian was talking about friends that were thrown in jail for being drug dealers, and and they're like, he was, oh, yeah. they're on the I remember phone. this guy? I know exactly. You're talking about. And they're like, man, I went from driving the Bentley to being in the <laughs> yeah. big house. Who would have thought this was ha- would happen? And yeah. he's like, well, like it, literally everybody. <laughs> we we <laughs> sat you down and told you, man. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> yeah. need to stop. Yeah. Right. Because because the fixation was on having those things, you right. couldn't see the destruction that it would bring. Right. Right. And it was a funny way of illustrating. Well, that and point. and then and then the, take that joke. He goes on to say, like, we told him that, and then he started taking us to some fancy dinners. Yeah. And he was like, well, I guess selling drugs isn't that bad, you yeah. know. But that's how we that's how we operate, right? Like right. we. We we see and like this is the funny thing like you see someone with money and you're like man I want that life you get a little taste of that and then you start to justify why what you have isn't enough or why you know what I mean and it's this endless cycle of never being you know it's, it's nothing ever suffices yeah and that's where Jesus comes back in and and Paul's words say it's Christ who strengthens me exactly he's sufficient exactly he's the only thing that will ever be enough yeah exactly uh, Psalms. Uh, 23, 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in need. Mm-hmm. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. So again, we see provisions in the Lord, right. uh, and these things are images of peace, mm-hmm. not of gain. Right. And I think this is uh, financial gain specifically, right? Right. I think this is where contentment, like we think... We think that we can gain spiritual peace mm. if we f- if we can get our our natural world yes. sorted, right? Yes. Like right. So if we can find a way to balance the checkbook, mm-hmm. to have all of the things, to have all the vehicles we need, mm-hmm. to have all the bedrooms that we need, to do all of those things, right? Right. Um, we think then that we will have peace, right? But God, like these images are outside of what David would have earned as king, right? Or as a warrior, right? And it's it's enjoying you know pastures, right? Nature, right? Like these everything God gives, God's He can't creation, he can't, yeah. yeah. He can't provide that, yeah. right? I think this is that, that's always something that we need to look at as well. Well, and and I like it too, like you said, like contentment has a peace to bring it biblical, like that surpasses all understanding. Like yes. how how can you have peace right now, like you know? When you're living in that small house, or yeah. or living in that job that doesn't, you know, and 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 I know I'm probably hitting some nerves on some people because they're like, well, you're not living in my house, or you're not working for my boss, and mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, okay, 
I'm going to push back. Yeah, on push that on that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? You're not living in my life or working for my boss either. Right. Right. Like, I know, like, you're a little bit different because you're a pastor. You don't have a real job. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Thankfully, I don't have any, I don't have to right. do anything. Yeah, yeah. You and I have talked about that before. Right. Like, sometimes that can be difficult to, to relay, but. Like, right. Let me just tell you about my life. Right. Right. Um, like, I live in fear of losing my job if the wrong person listens to this podcast. podcast sure, 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 right? sure, sure. Um, like, and some of that is on me. Some of that is is on the, this world. But I'm trusting God that he's going to take care of that. Right? Sure. Since we started this podcast, right. I can't even equate for you the amount of financial burden that I've experienced. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, like, right, right. Uh, my house... Uh, we needed to replace the the like the transformers, like the the circuit box. Circuit right, box. right, right, right. Because yeah. like, you could hear it arcing, and they were like, "You're lucky your house didn't burn down, right?" Oh, lucky I'm blessed. Yeah, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know that was thousands of dollars. Right. You know? um, a tree fell uh, across my driveway. Missed, right. Mister vehicles, thank God. Unfortunately, it hit my neighbor's vehicle. Right. He still won't speak to me because our insurance isn't covered. <laughs> and I just I pray God speak to him and and, and heal him of his bitterness. I'm not well, trying to be funny. He should have knocked off what he was doing, yeah. and God wouldn't have done yeah. that. I'm just kidding. So unfortunately, he lost his vehicle. I right. had to pay three grand to get the tree. Treat I remember that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then right after that happened, right, my wife got laid off suddenly right. and without warning. It was a situation too where like her computer just stopped working. Sure. She worked from home. Yeah. She's like, "What's going on?" And then she, and then she called somebody and they're like, "They didn't talk to you." <laughs> And like it was a it was a really bad situation. Sure, and sure. I'm like, and then she and then she started working for Uber, mm-hmm. right? So because she was looking for a job, sure. and she needed to make money in the meantime. And I'm sitting here looking at all of these things. Saying, sure, I don't know that I have the money for us to pay the bills. Sure, you know I don't know that we can do this. And so she's like, "Well, I'm, I'm going to get this do Uber." And you know what happens? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's now driving her car 500 miles a day. Right. And it's a 2004 vehicle. Right. So then right. all of a sudden now you're like, well, I guess you're buying a new car soon. Yeah. I've put thousands of dollars into her vehicle in the last three months. Right. That almost made it pointless for her to have worked. <laughs> right. 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 Like. Right. Okay. And here I am. Mm-hmm. We haven't lost our house. Right. Our cars are both still running. Right. The money has always been there. Right. Um, you know, everything that we have needed has been there. Have I've had to cut out a couple frivolous things that I had. Sure. That I was like, you know, I really would love to have this thing or that thing. And sure. I, and I don't have those things. Sure. Right. And and I'm there's part of me that kind of looks at some of the stuff in the house and is like, am I gonna have to cut that out next? Right. But like I'll let God figure that out and I'm not gonna <laughs> jump to any conclusions. Right? right. But my my point is this it's Never look at somebody else and say, you don't know my circumstance. Right. Because then God, the truth is you don't know their circumstance right. either, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you've shared with me some of the mm-hmm. things that you've gone through sure. um, financially over the course of your lifetime. We had no right? job for, th- no income for three months. Right. And a baby and a brand, a newborn and a, like a three-year-old. Right. And, and no income. And, and as we talk <laughs> about this, let's not even, like, let me not even get into the some of the other aspects of this, I had two family members diagnosed with cancer. That sure, day, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how to find contentment in that. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, right. You know, like, it was there. Right. There was peace. Right. A peace that surpassed understanding. Why? Because my provision is not in my job. Job, right. It's not in my wife's job. Right. Healing mm-hmm. is not in what right. I can do. It's mm-hmm. in it's in God, right? Right, and so these became opportunities. Yes, to be strong. Yes, 
Not because I'm strong. I am not strong. It's Christ you know, who strengthens you. Yeah. You know, my wife started driving up to work mm-hmm. in the mornings, up to my work while mm-hmm. she would be out, and she would stop and buy a different type of coffee from different places. Mm-hmm. And she would um, bring it up and give it to me for my 15, and we would spend mm-hmm. my 15-minute sure. break together. And um, I'm feeling a little emotional just even it's talking okay. about this. But um, that was... A huge blessing. Sure. That was a huge blessing because I love my wife. I love spending time with her. And this was something she was doing because she knew that I was struggling with like a lot of these things. All that other stuff, sure. This other stuff. So she was trying to show me, you know, like. It's just it's your slinky story from last episode. Yeah. 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 She's like, like, I'm I'm here. Um, We're doing this together. Right. Right. Um, That's awesome. And she's doing something that, that was blessing me. Right. At the same time, I had to fight. These feelings of we can't afford for you to buy coffee for me every day. <laughs> right, morning. right. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I wanted, there was, I never said that to her. Sure, sure, sure. Because the other things were more important. Mm-hmm. And I knew that God was taking care of us. Right. We can't afford a cup of coffee. Right. When it was serving God's purpose. Purpose, right. She was ministering to me. Right. And, and, you know, now she started a new job. God has provided her a new job. I didn't pray that God would give her a job with X salary and X hours. Right, right, right. I prayed that God would give her the job that he wanted her, her to have. have. Sure, sure. And as it turns out, she got a job that she wanted that yeah. I thought she should pass on. <laughs> right. That, like, took four months to hire her. <laughs> right, right, right. And and now she, she calls them up and it's like, okay, I'm just making sure I start. She's like, they're like, yes, you do start on this day. And, oh, yeah, we upped your salary already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you right? go. And so, like again, it's not made us wealthy, right? But it has um, it. It takes some of that anxiety off of us mm-hmm. because God has provided, provided in right. His timing and His will. So, again, like that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of testimony right there. But I just. But I, I think it's important that you you and I appreciate you sharing that because it, it illustrates a really important point. The killer of com- of contentment is comparison. Yeah. Right, and that's what that's what people when they get defensive. So you know, it's easy to say it's easy to say, "Well, be content in your situation," because you're not. I'm not. I'm look. I'm not belittling your situation. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that God, there there is a silver lining in there that God is doing something, even in like even in the midst of you know, I'm we're gonna we're gonna pray that there's a silver lining even in your tree falling on your neighbor's car. Right. You know, and 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 God's orchestrating things that you don't see behind the scenes. That you know, and like you said, has it been easy? No, and I think that's the that's the misnomer of Christianity. Yeah. Is Christianity is not easy? Yeah. Well, I think people might you hear know? me say this and say, "Well, that was easy for you to say because you because you knew I didn't know. <laughs> right? I, fu- I I fully expected us to lose our house. Sure, sure. I fully expected to have to call my parents and say, "Make room in the basement." Right. I remember yeah. talking to you about this. Yes. <laughs> me and the wife and the kids are coming to live with you. Right. And yeah. we're gonna have to figure out something with the cat. Right. You know, like. I didn't want that cat anyway, so right. this is God's <laughs> Right. That's what I expected here. Right. And here's the thing. I had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. I had to make a choice to daily ask God to take care of it. Yes. Or to daily confess that this is what was going to happen. Right. Right? And and to daily believe that God couldn't take care of it. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. yes, it was a struggle. It was hard. It still is. Sure, sure. out of any of these words. Sure. But we are out of these woods because these woods are the world's woods, and I live in God's kingdom. A hundred percent, right. And that's what we're trying to get at with contentment. Yes. And I, yes. we haven't, you and I haven't shared any of our stories here to say that it is easy or to say, look at us. No, no, no. What we hope is that you find, so, that people listening will find something and say, 
oh, I get it. Right. Oh, I see it. Oh, I can do this too. The reason why we share her story is, is to say we're not special. God will do this for anybody who loves and follows him. Yeah. Like that's that's the promise of the that and that's what I think why Paul is so awesome, right? Because yeah. because okay, yeah, you can belittle and say, Well, Brandon, your suffering wasn't, you know, when we start comparing suffering, that's bad, but you can belittle my suffering and say, Oh, what about Paul? I mean, what about the guy who was in prison three times, shipwrecked three times, spent a day adrift at sea? Oh, by the way, he he I think was it no, it was John they tried to boil in, in hot oil, but yeah. that didn't work, and then they exiled him. Oh, Paul was beheaded. You know, like, you know, Let's compare suffering. Yeah, <laughs> you, know what, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's. I'll let's, take my suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, like, yeah. And so, so, but I, I think that that's just to say, like, contentment though is a perspective. Mm-hmm. It's an attitude. <laughs> Don't want to say an attitude of gratitude, but it is. It's it's an attitude that says, I'm going in light of everything. It's it reminds me we we, we talked about memes right like with was that with joy when we talked about memes yeah, so, yeah. I'm gonna bring up there's that other meme of it's like that little dog with like a coffee cup and like a hat and like the whole he's sitting in the whole room's on fire have you yeah. ever seen that like like that's that's what contentment is like the world can be on fire around you and God if you're where God wants you to be you could be sitting under the one sprinkler you know yeah, what I mean I would say that that is similar to contentment because I feel like what that is portraying <laughs> is disillusionment. Disillusion. Right? And and contentment is not about no, being disillusioned. That's right? true. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. It, but it's about knowing the truth of what is great. Right. Right. Um, all right. Let me read this real quick. Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Hmm. Therefore, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and distresses and persecutions and difficulties in behalf of Christ, for when I am weak, I am strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was something that's interesting here too. Is um, I, when he when Paul is talking about his weakness here, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure this is the verse that comes right after he, you know I ask God to take this thorn. Right, it is. This is right after the right? thorns. Yeah, and he talks about my grace is sufficient. For, you know, a lot of people t- talk about that thorn in his side as being like a sin or something, or sure. like a temptation or sure. something like that. Um, that's the context that I've heard it talked about in. Um, I've heard it as a visual blindness, even like after he couldn't see after he well, yeah. yeah after he had that you know because I mean remember God appeared to Moses and could only show him his butt and leg yeah and so when the Lord shows up it's pretty it's pretty so yeah. but I've heard that before but regardless God yeah. says my grace is sufficient right. yeah but then when he goes on and says instead I will delight in weaknesses yes. Insults, distresses, and persecutions and difficulties. I really think that what he may have been referring to here, mm-hmm. at the very least, uh, may have been the the obstacles mm-hmm. that continually set themselves against him mm-hmm. in preaching the gospel. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but he says we need to find delight when these things are against us. Mm-hmm. I think too, it tells us that we're on the right path. Right. Because uh, nothing worth stopping. Not, you know, like if what you're doing is worth stopping, then you must be doing something good. I, I always tell I always tell people when when they go to like get baptized, I'm always like you know, or when they commit their life to the Lord. Usually, I remind people all the time that the devil's out to get them. I'm a very positive preacher in that way, but but <laughs> but, but I always say like you're gonna put a target on your back because like the devil did not care about, and I think even Denzel Washington said this like yeah. like he don't care, which is funny. It's like okay, Denzel, I mean he ain't wrong, but like the devil don't care about you when you're doing wrong, but when you start to do right. And like you start to live in the light of Christ, like of course he's paying attention because A, he's lost you, and B, he knows that 
you can lead others just in the same way that he lost you. He you can he'll lose others. And yeah. so so I always tell people like I mean your, your story in and of itself is kind of like a testimony to that. Like we talk about this podcast for a year. As soon as we start it, like everything just starts, <laughs> you know. And, and I, I always tell people like that is not to not to super spit it, you know, but like there is a certain sense of it that is like like spiritual oppression mm-hmm. and persecution, not 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 the whole like spiritual. Um, what is the, what is the actual word? I never uh, uh, possession. Yeah. If Jesus lives in you, he can't put nothing can possess you, but it can it can oppress you. Spiritual oppression. Usually I have found in my life is a sign that you are about to be on the cusp of something. And, you know, I talked talked uh, last episode about, you know, one of my friends that was going through divorce and I was talking to him about it. Like the spiritual oppression he was feeling in that moment was so immense. And I kept saying like, remind, and it's trivial scriptures, but like, God has not given you more than you can handle. Like, yeah. like don't like not to belittle it, but just like you can handle this, man. You can keep going. And it's so funny because as he powered through it, and learn to be content in spite of his situation and yeah. do what everything in his life changed. Yeah. Like and like the breakthrough happened. You know what I mean? And so I always tell people like if you're the breakthroughs come, it may not be the exact like it was nothing like what we were we were praying for restored marriages. You know, we were praying for it was completely different. And God is continuing to redeem and restore that story. But I I say that to say like if you learn to be content in that that moment, not disillusioned with, the, right. <laughs> but if but if you feel like your world is on fire, remember that like God is the sprinkler and He will take care of and that. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, exactly he's, he's right. In that fire with he's you. in that fire with you. Yeah, I, I want to make a uh, uh, I, I want to make a qualifying statement or uh, a comment on this a little bit too. Yeah, like you know, yes, when when we started this podcast, I definitely felt spiritual oppression. Sure, but I also want to I, w- I want to differentiate. Um, like the financial issues was not the spiritual oppression. Sure, I think a lot of these things, and like the when I, Satan didn't try to give family members cancer, right? Because right. I started this podcast. No, 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 no. Yeah, a lot of these things probably would have occurred either way. Right, right. The spiritual oppression was the message that came with them. Right. You're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do this. Right. You're not going to be sustained. Right. You know, um, right. You're not, you don't have anything that is sufficient. Right. To get you through these moments. Right. Right. And so this is the thing. I think we should expect mm-hmm. for bad things to happen. Yes. We should also expect for some good things to happen. Yes. And contentment is that balance mm-hmm. of centering it back on God and saying, mm-hmm. I have what I need when I need it. Right. Because God's going to give you exactly what you need when you need it. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, and I'm, and sometimes God cuts it close. Yeah. You know, sometimes I've been in positions where I'm like, we're not going to be able to pay this bill. They're going to shut off our lights, and that's where it is. And all of a sudden, a check shows up or a reimbursement shows up or something yeah. like that. You know, um, and like I'll tell you, just in like our own our own personal life, like we, like I said, I had no job for three months between here and the last church I was at. So we had no income. No, no, my wife, nothing. We had no income, kids. So we accumulated a lot of stuff. We had, we, de- we depleted a lot of stuff. We depleted all of our savings and ran up, you know, now we don't have like tons of credit, but we had debt. And so we have constantly been fighting this battle of paying off the debt. And it's really funny because every time we get really close to doing it, something happens. And I used to get very upset and be like, God, we're so close. 
Why would you do this? And then Carly told me a couple months back, you know, about a year ago now, she said something that was so profound to me. She said, you know, if it was easy, it wouldn't change us. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, like that's God is in the business of growth. Yeah. And if life were easy, we would never grow. We would never change. We would never learn to do. I am where I am today because of those situations taught me depend on me. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing I always tell people, like my favorite part about the story is if, if I went three months without an income, God was showing me, Brandon, are you going to trust me in every aspect of your life in ministry? Right. And that was me. That was my, that was my wilderness trial by fire, you know, like, and I said, okay. And I came out of that. Like you said, same thing. Money wasn't great. <laughs> my bank account didn't look good, but bills were paid. House was taken care of. Yeah. I had cars that worked. God provided everything we needed, and and so you know, I just I just love I love what you were saying though. Just to, even just about your story, um, it's not that the those things were probably going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. But what happened in spite of all of that is a you've overcome the adversity, mm-hmm. and b you haven't let it detract you from. Doing these things from if trying to live my calling, you know, I, I do feel called to do sure, and and this is one of the first things that in the natural cut that out because right you're too tired you're too wore out you're too right. whatever let that go right you know and no the answer is no I'm not going to do that <laughs> right well because God yeah. has not because contentment is saying God has called me to this He has yeah. not called me from it yet. Right. He's still called me to yeah. this in spite of this. And so God gives you the energy, the strength. Yeah. You know. And it's some of these things are equipping me to do this better. Sure. Now when we read these scriptures here about contentment, um, I think we see two different categories of people being described. People mm-hmm. who want more money. Yes. And people who want less troubles and persecution. Right. Right. And I think this is this is where so we've because we've talked a lot about those two things, you know, money especially and and trouble right. and persecution, you know. But this is where contentment earns its earns its wage. A hundred percent. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and this is where it's very important in our lives. You know, like we've said, things are going to happen. You have to find contentment. And so we've talked a lot about right. kind of doing that, giving things to God, working with God, and that. But and letting God be strong when you are weak, and letting Him overcome these circumstances for right. you. Um, there is a false contentment. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a false teaching in the world mm-hmm. as well about this because, and I think we'll see this. Um, it, there's a lot of humanist things, and there's a lot of um, other things because we, we've said that the world will tell you that you need more, mm-hmm. but the world will also tell you that you need less. Right. Right. Um, right. I think I was. Uh, it was Plato who said the greatest wealth is to live content with little. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think Plato was a Christian. No. Yeah, you know, so like not necessarily. No, he's not a bit of theist, but yeah, right. So you can kind of see, uh, you can kind of see the wisdom in what he's sure, saying. Sure, sure. But he's not, he's not pointing you to God. There, right, right. Um, I think about Eastern religions. I was uh, recently invited to a talk, uh, a, a Buddhist talk. Oh, okay. And it was a secular Buddhist. His name was Timber Hawkeye. Oh, okay. And he was giving us, he was giving a talk. And the Buddhist who, uh, who invited me to it is the least content Buddhist I think I've ever met. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and and I, I say that it's almost funny at the same time it's tragic, um, right? Because he he'll espouse and he talks about meditating and and like listening to this and and this guy Timber Hawkeye talked a lot about how in Buddhism pain is inevitable but suffering is optional mm-hmm. and um and and talks about letting go of all these things and cutting out the things that you don't need mm-hmm. 
you know, and there's this guy that's really involved in this and really says he buys into it, but he doesn't live any of that. Right. And he's consistently anxious. He's consistently (laughs) hounded by what he thinks will go wrong. Right. And it's unfortunate because this is a, a guy who loves his family, who wants to do good things, sure. wants to do the right things, but he he won't come to Jesus because it's not right. It's not uh socially acceptable, frankly. Sure, sure, you know? sure, sure. Um so so he instead he really wants to buy into secular Buddhism. Right. And like this guy is telling this story about how his his sister this is uh this is Timber Hawkeye mm-hmm. tells a story about how his sister is a racist and and like how he basically had to just accept that. Hmm. And and that oh yeah she's well that's that's who she is. she's wrong um, but you know I'm not going to tell her she's wrong because <laughs> that creates conflict right and for him and 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 he even somebody else shared a story about and it was weird he kept coming back to racism but like <laughs> are you sure you weren't at a clan rally right <laughs> this this woman was like look my father in law said some really racist things to my mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. and and my. Husband like got into an argument with him and they didn't talk and he's and so he's telling him like look it's more important that you have relationship with your father and father in law mm-hmm. than you correct him on his racism sure and like you can hear where he thinks he's, there's some wisdom in some of the stuff he says sure right? and and he talked about how like pushing your morality on others was a form of bullying and that basically you find peace in avoiding conflict and avoiding hard conversations oh okay. so this is not. He, it's he says it's contentment. This is not contentment. Sounds like pent up anger. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, yeah. what it is is avoidance. Right. Sure. This is disillusionment. Right. Yeah. You know, this is saying I'm not going to concern myself with these things. Mm. Now he talked about a little bit about like going as far as you can with certain things and sure. saying some things, but there were some things that were definitely wrong. Right. That need correction. Right. And his response was to let it go. Right. Because it will only bring you. It will only bring you anxiety. Right. Now, when we look at what Christ is saying, right. when we look at what Paul is talking about, right. Paul is saying, I can stand in front of kings and queens and tell them to their face right. that they need to repent right. because God is God and they are not. Right. Right. And I don't care what happens to me. I am content in my part because I spoke the truth and did the truth. Right. Right. And, but what this secular Buddhist is teaching is... Avoid it. Don't have that conversation. Avoid it. Right. Don't have that conversation. And like that conversation, like his talk started out about as you would have expected, like, it, you know, like... Right. Like finding, like not pursuing things you don't need and not, you know, and like... Right. That you would agree with. Right. Right. But he didn't replace it. Well, how much of anything. how much of content discontentment or uncontent? What is it? Discontentment or uncontentment? It doesn't matter. One of those. Not being content. How much of not being content is is our fault because we're avoiding we're avoiding things? You know what I mean? I think, like, yeah, like I, even just whether it be material things or spiritual thing, we're just avoiding it. You yeah. know. Well, for some people, I think living the way this guy was suggesting would eventually lead to like a mental breakdown. A hundred percent. Sounds pretty anxious to me. Yeah. He, what he was saying was be unbothered by what you lack and be unbothered by the injustice of others. <laughs> right, right, right. And so right. I think it's important that as we talk about contentment, we are talking about it in a biblical sense. Right. And we are talking about it as defined by Jesus and by God. Mm-hmm. So don't mix Right, your gospel mm-hmm. with the world's teachings mm-hmm. and with worldly teachings, because there is no source. This mm. wisdom that you know Buddhism tries to teach is not wisdom. Right, 
right? It's it's a perversion of what God intends. Mm-hmm. And and I know that sounds like strong language, mm-hmm. but like ultimately mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't work. Keith Keith Green said this. Um, I don't, you know, Keith. Yeah, yeah. I saw a clip with him where he was like, he was trying to decide, uh, like, he was looking at all these religions, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to believe here. And he's like, oh, he was one of the things that all the religions believe uh, agreed on was that Jesus was a way. Right. Yeah. A way. Right. 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 And he says, but then when I looked at what Jesus was saying, he's like, I'm. He was saying, I'm the only, only way. <laughs> He said, so every one of them said that Jesus taught what Jesus taught was good. Right. But and, then Jesus and the says, only, right, what? Right. But yeah. the only thing that Jesus agreed with them on was that he was good. Yeah. Right. And that his way was the way. The way, right. Right. So he's like, so I, he goes, so I felt like if all of them can agree on Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But none of them can agree on each other. Yeah. Then Jesus must be must that. be that one. And he, he goes, said it so, right. And so I followed that. So I think it's it's important. Those for seventy us. was he in the seventies? Is that where he was? Like yeah, yeah, yeah those seventies yeah. Christian musicians. Man, yeah, yeah. His, his, I hated his stuff when I was a kid. Was he I, is I he piano or uh, guitar? Piano. He was phenomenal. I oh, remember. He yeah, was yeah, great. But like, so my point in that is this: is you know, the world is going to offer you some substitutions for some right. things. You know, we talked about forgiveness. The world right. will tell you forgiveness is important. Right. We talked about joy. We're talking about contentment. Right. You know, we've talked about morality. Right. Right. You know, the world will tell you that you can have all of these things mm-hmm. in their zone, but there's no substance. Right. Yeah, and that's what I think is fun. like. You, it's funny you brought up Buddhism because it's the one that like that subversively probably permeates society. In, in the like you said, uh, less is more, more is less. That kind of idea. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, God is not a minimalist. Right. He's a. He, I don't know if this is a word, but God's like a maximalist. He's a ma- he maximizes. It. God says here, like here's one talent. I will maximize maximize that talent. That's yeah. that's what he tells us to do. He doesn't expect the guy. You know, let's talk about. I think it was Tommy, right? When we did yeah. the parables, who talked about the talents. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, God doesn't expect the guy with one talent to bring back. 50,000, he gave him one talents knowing, you know, God gives us according to our ability. Yeah. And he expects us to maximize what we've given, what we've been given. He's much more practical than that. And I, he's, he sees the parts for the whole. Exactly right. right. So, so he sees, he sees the trees in the forest. Right. But knows that they make the forest. Right. Right. So you're, you don't need to be concerned about whether or not you're the biggest tree. Right. Or the, or the, you are, you're, st- as long as you're the tree in the place right. that God planted you, then be that. Right. Yeah. The smallest gear in the clock is as important as the largest gear in the clock. 100%. Take yeah. either one out and it no longer works. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, and this could, hopefully doesn't use a tangent, but it's a really interesting thing. Um, there's a, a, a many pastor people out there. There's a, a guy named Carl Vaders who I got to meet and talk to, and he wrote a couple books. And one of the books he talks to or talked about is called Small Church Essentials. And he talked about YouTube and he saw his YouTube is a really interesting thing. He said, because YouTube has an interesting business model. The number one video on YouTube is like, I think it's like Baby Shark and it's got like a bajillion views. He yeah. said, and it's called in marketing, they call it the long tail. And so if you're watching what I'm doing is I'm making a graph with my hands, a line graph, and and the number one video on YouTube has a bajillion whatever. The lowest video on YouTube, which is all the way on the other far end of the graph, on the line graph, has one view, or maybe even no views, we'll say, but it's got one view probably. It's got one view, okay. And he says, it creates, so if you draw a line that way and a line this way, it's not a, it's not a natural curve, it's a, it's a slope. Mm-hmm. And at one point in the slope, if you draw a line, that is called the equilibrium, meaning on one end, all the all the videos on this end and all the videos on this end equal the same amount of views. And he said, what's interesting is 
there are all there's probably I can't remember. You'll have to read his book because I'll tell you exactly. But there's like I don't know, like a thousand videos on on the big end, and there's a million videos on the other end. But he said YouTube realizes something: the million videos on the other end are just as important as the thousand videos on this end because together they achieve, they make YouTube, they make, they bring in them together. That's the amount of revenue, right? This yeah. brings in revenue, and this brings in revenue. He said, from a marketing stand standpoint, it's not about being big or small. It, it, you know, from a church perspective, it's not about being a big or small church. It's about being exactly what God created you to be. Yeah. And he said, so YouTube realized. We're not just going to cater to the big videos. We're going to cater to the stupid one view videos because the revenue, you know, let's talk in terms of spirituality, the return on our investment of our talent is going to be just the same to God. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think that that's, that's where contentment comes in. Yeah. Because we stop comparing, comparing ourselves to everybody else and we start just living where God has called us to live. Exactly. Let me read one last scripture and, we'll, and then we'll end. I don't think we'll need to really. Comment, give drop, we'll just drop the mic on this just one. Drop the mic. Yeah. All right. Matthew 6, 24 through 34 says this. No one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. <laughs> Are you not much more important than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow, and they do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothes himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass and the, of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then saying, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you will need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Mm -hmm. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's great stuff. Um, and I'm content to leave it there. I'm content to leave it there, too. All right. Well, then. But I'm not content to not hear those drums, so you better bring those bad boys in. Oh, they're coming. <laughs>